Thank you for tuning to the Outlaw Podcast with your host, Robert Dalton. New episodes weekly. Like, share, and subscribe. Hey guys, welcome back to the Outlaws Podcast. Uh, <clears throat> we're actually putting this uh, podcast out a little bit later than usual. Holidays and everything kind of are keeping us a little too busy, but we have a lot of content coming out. Um, hopefully, we'll hit that at the end of the podcast. But without further ado, we're actually going to introduce a new uh, a new member of the podcast team. We are lucky to have him. It is Mr. Jack, aka White Badger. How you doing, Jack? <laughs> what's going? What's going on? Uh, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be working with you guys and uh, being able to learn and uh, grow along with uh, what we're doing here. And uh, I like to see where we can take this. Yeah, absolutely. Jack is, uh, also, has also worked with us in the past on, on the military side, so we figured we'd bring him on. Um, he has, he's about four years younger than us, so hopefully he's going to bring that aspect of younger culture that kind of missed us on the way. But also he's going to come on as our tech guy. Yeah. So he's, he's going to be behind the scenes, and he's going to be our... <clears throat> "Quote unquote, Jamie, for uh, <laughs> lack of better terms. So hopefully, uh, you'll be seeing him around in probably some of our videos. Yeah, he'll definitely be featured on uh, some of the videos. Just kind of like put a face to the name, um, but more more or less, he'll be like running the camera for us, um, stuff like that. We've got an upcoming collaboration with some guys down in South Carolina." Um, so we're going to be doing, putting out some shooting videos. Um, so they've got some really cool stuff. we got some big moves coming. Yeah. yeah. Big moves are coming. And uh, we'll go ahead and shout those guys out. Thank them for inviting us down there. It's 843 Firearms. Yeah. And uh, these guys are, I mean, they're top-notch guys what, what, from what I've gathered. And we're actually going to go down there next weekend and shoot. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we'll be putting out some killer YouTube YouTube content. videos and YouTube content. Uh, okay, hopefully if everything goes well, we can get them on the show. Yep, hopefully as long as we can get every, all these ducks in a row and software editing and such, we can get them on the show. So that way, <laughs> we don't have to drive four hours to... Hey, it's a beach trip regardless. <laughs> like, yeah, beach trip, period, is always a good trip. But uh, without further ado, we're actually just going to do kind of something that we did couple of weeks ago and diving into world uh, modern world events I guess but we're we're just kind of like what's going because yeah we're just gonna be on. hitting what's going on in the world today just simply because why not we we have another tell your story coming up next week we actually have two tell your stories coming up we'll drop them a week apart yeah. but uh without further ado we'll just go ahead and jump into it and the big fiasco that is hobbling our great nation of finding the new Speaker of the House. Yes, it has been, like, if anybody is old enough to remember, like, Mad TV, that is essentially what it seems to be, like, on Capitol Hill right now. It's just an episode of Mad TV. Uh-huh. A lot of, like, bullshit antics that are going, like, when you have the Democratic Party, all the representatives from the Democratic Party showing up to watch the voting and the nomination process with popcorn because they think it's a fucking joke. It's, it's just, it's outrageous. Like, it's a is a government position that I wouldn't say is coveted, but it, it's a it's a pretty high it's a high government position, third 
third in line to the presidency, mind you. Yeah, and people aren't taking it seriously. They think it's a freaking joke. And it's 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 really it's almost despicable to see not not just from the Democrat side, but the Republican side of not being able to come together on a on a vote on who to vote for. Yeah, like it's like, not it's not this isn't an episode of this isn't something you sit there and watch on like Comedy Central. It's not this is MTV.com. MTV period. This is what we're watching. We're just watching the Kardashians. Yeah, I mixed up the Jersey Shore. Yeah, that's what yeah. we're watching. Yeah. Uh, on C-SPAN, of all things. Yeah. C-SPAN is becoming the new MTV. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, and what, what gets my mind, what, what gets me really heated about this is the fact that we don't have, since... There haven't been really any good options put out there. No, there's been no good options whatsoever. I mean, I Trump, to say Trump was one of them, but I'm not... Like, out of all the out options, of all of them, that was the best, best one. But at the same time, I'm not a big Trump guy. Yeah, I never, never have been, never will be. I mean, I did vote for him in face of somebody else, just because. Well, really, both times. Yeah, I mean, because lesser of two evils there. Lesser of two evils, but at the same time, it's like, what are you going to do when you can't come together, figure out who's going to be the speaker of the house of the house side of Congress? Who need a leader because I mean the House is the biggest portion of our representatives. Okay, yeah. that's that's the biggest. That's where most voices are heard, and there's way more different opinions than Senate and the Office of the President. Senate only has 100 senators, and Congress has over like 400 representatives. Um, so there's there's a lot to there, there's a lot to be gained if people could come together there, but since there is so many things, it, it is kind of a crap show. Yeah. But in the past, we've never had this serious of an issue. Yeah. There's always. And it really, I think, I think the whole like people not being able to come together on this it just shows how divisive both parties are towards each, not only to themselves but towards each other, and how I wouldn't say the system is broken, but how like. People, I would say, like especially how Walter Jones has gotten. Yeah, and politicians really need a reality check as to why they're voted in the office they're in, and why they maintain the office they're in. Yeah. Well, politicians, politicians have always been politicians all the way back to Rome. Yeah. They always try to take care of themselves because they they want to hold power. I mean, politicians murdered you know the emperor or multiple emperors back well, in yeah. Roman times. So I mean, it just shows you how much they really have not evolved or changed. No, politicians have always been what politicians are, which are just snakes in the weeds. Yeah. All right. Never. The number one thing that was always told to me is never trust what comes out of a politician's mouth because it's probably the exact opposite is what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, which take that with a grain of salt. Uh, I I don't really agree with any. Not every politician's like that. No, but but, but based off the track record and. Politicians for the past thousands of years. I will say 95% of the politicians out there are probably not standing for what you voted them for. Yeah, no, I agree. If, if you voted them in for what they stood for before versus now, some of y'all probably got hit with a serious reality check whenever you started seeing what they were voting for. So, for both sides. I'm not just talking one side, I'm talking for both sides. And what that is, what that's called is backroom deals. Everyone gets, I mean, you want something to pass, so you write it into part of this bill that's labeled for something that it's not. 
like the the huge spending bill that just passed. That was, yeah. yeah. How how bad did that screw us on our spectrum of the world? Yeah. I mean, it's a funding out of our pocket. Pretty much every military facet. Every every military facet in order to pay for this huge spending bill. Let's let's like let's go back to like the whole Congress and all that. How about Zelensky coming? Oh, the the them, Ukrainian, Ukrainian, Ukrainian flag on in the house on our house steps in a joint like, session of Congress. Could you? Oh my God! That, this well, would never be even heard of. I don't know. Fifty years ago, let's say Vietnam era. The South Vietnamese president before Congress and had him speak to our entire House and our House and body of representatives, both Senate House. If came to speak, or or let's let's bring it a little bit further past that. Uh, another proxy war that we supported: um, Russia versus Afghanistan. Oh, could you imagine we brought the leader of the regime? Like, oh boy, I wonder how bad that would look if we had. Like, you know, then us going to war in Afghanistan for the past 20 years. So, and it makes no sense to me why people are out there like, yeah, I'll stand with Ukraine. Okay, I get it. You, you, you're supporting an underdog, whatever. But do you even understand what Ukraine stands for? Yeah. Do you understand their political dynamic at all? If your answer is no, then you probably shouldn't be advocating for any type of U.S. involvement in any type of. Let's just go ahead and say Eastern, Eastern Europe as a whole is just a dirty, nasty fucking cesspool. Of corruption, human trafficking, sexual abuse, rape, like fucking kitty porn, all that shit. Oh, it's like 95% of the world's, uh, all of those things that I just listed generally come out of Eastern Europe. And not just Ukraine, Ukraine, Romania, Romania, Bulgaria, yeah, Latvia, Latvia Estonia, Belarus, mm-hmm. like all those places. All, all of Poland's a little bit more westernized, so they're not. They're, 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 they've cleaned themselves up. Yeah, they're not as bad as they used to be. But, um, but the entire point is, is you don't know the dynamic, but you're supporting more further U.S. support for this country. Yeah. That we, yes, we, we don't want the Russians to take Ukraine. We don't want Russia. Honestly, I could give a shit. Well, I mean, to be from a worldview and how you want things to progress. Okay, in in our neck of the woods over here in the United States, Russia is known as our Russia and China are known as probably our number one big players on the world stage. Okay, having them get any more land than they already have is probably not beneficial to us. However, it is not our job to police the whole freaking world. Yeah, and like people, people are like, you know, why like the U.S. should give more, or they should have you know fund more support, but. Contrary to popular belief, we're not the only ones funding support. No. Like France, UK, Germany, like most of your bigger NATO nations or richer NATO nations are also funded. So why are we the ones footing up for uh, some odd trillion? We've spent one point some odd trillion dollars there now. Yeah. And yeah. trillion with a T. We're not, we're outside the billion. We're in the trillions worth of money, aid, Military vehicles, military ammo, like just military support. Period. And we're sending it to them, and we're cannibalizing ourselves doing it. It's not like we're sending them old, old crap that we don't use. Now, I read an article earlier today. Now they're just talking about sending Bradleys over there, Bradley to counter the BMP twos and the BMP threes. 
So, and like there's caveats throughout the entirety of the United States Army that are still heavily using the Bradley. Not just heavily, yeah. not just heavily using the Bradley. They're they're going to cannibalize everything we have. It's the same thing if you look back at World War II and what Theodore Roosevelt or not Theodore <laughs> Franklin D. Yeah. Roosevelt was doing. Um, sending he was to sending, Russia. Well, he was not just to Russia, but the UK, the UK, uh, China. Yeah. The because China was during the 30s. If y'all don't know, China was in a civil war between the communists and the. But then they also got invaded by Europe. But then they got invaded by Japan in 38. Okay, and that emboldened Japan, which led to 1941, December 7, 1941. If y'all don't understand how that dynamic worked, look back at history, you'll see it. All right, it's very kind of, it's still kind of cut and dry, even with the modern haze of how we see history today. It's still very cut and dry. But what I'm saying is, is we had all, we were sending all of our ships, all of our weapons. Planes, planes, ships. We were cannibalizing everything we had to give to all these other nations. And when we got attacked, we had more one class uh, battleships. Yeah, I think the newest thing, newest, the newest equipment we had, which wasn't even at Pearl Harbor, was air was aircraft carriers, and they were at sea. So luckily, thank the Lord, because we would have never recovered. We lost the carriers, but. Simply stating it is that cannibalizing ourselves as a nation to support a nation that really we don't really care about. Yeah. Y'all had never y'all couldn't even point Ukraine out on a map before the Ukraine before Russia invaded Ukraine. And now y'all are screaming for us to support these people. You're 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 honestly retarded because we don't we don't have the money to do it. We're in debt to our ears, okay, paying debt to the to one of the countries that <laughs> is, that is yeah, at this point, uh, this point say it's a fucking enemy. is is our enemy. That's the thing. Like with the whole Russia Ukraine thing, people people kind of kept their eye on it, but not. It's not like in I guess like a in, in mainstream media anymore. But China, like their land grabbing techniques, they're in a they're in a border feud right now with India about China trying to encroach on in India. They're dredging out the the sea around them to try to make these little islands to basically get closer to. The Philippines, Guam, to all the places. I don't think we have any bases in the Philippines anymore. But so you, you, uh, you economists out there that are for you know trying to keep Mother Earth, Mother Earth. Yeah, go go talk to China, please. Yeah. Go go spout that stuff over there and stop trying to make us drive EV cars, please. Yeah, because I'm sorry, but lithium batteries are worse for the. Yeah, the lithium mines in Africa. I mean, just, yeah, that's, I mean, that's have you ever been to a lithium mine? Guess what? Yeah, you should go if you're Google. Just Google. I mean, just really, Google. Just Google lithium mine. And it's a finite resource, by the way. Yeah. It, once it's done, it's done. At least fossil fuels come back yep. over time. It does take a long time. But you can still get back in time. Saudi Arabia is never going to run out of oil. Kuwait is never, never going to run out of oil. Ever. Like, they can pump oil for the next... They can pump oil to where dead and they'll never, run, they'll never even touch close to running out of oil. Mm-hmm. Their oil reserves and oil refineries will continue pumping for the next 400 years. Yeah. Because, I'm sorry, I hate to bust your own bubble out there, but electric is not the way of the future because even with even if you do go electric and battery power, you still have to get the power generated from somewhere else, and solar and wind is never going to get there. Yeah. But I digress. Back to 
back to the original topic of them dredging board going disputes. back to that, yeah. Border disputes. Yeah, so, like, the whole thing, like, the world has been, at least, I won't say the world, but at least media in America has been so focused on, you know, Russia, Ukraine, that they kind of shifted their focus from, like, what is China doing, not even on a military scale, but an economic and global scale, what they're doing, and they're shifting it to Ukraine, and, like, there's not a whole lot of talk until, God forbid, we have another, you know, Pearl Harbor type incident, well, and this time it's with China. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing, though, like, do you not understand that we got lucky when Japan hit us at Pearl Harbor? Like, it was a devastating hit. But they didn't hit our oil, our oil tanks, which would have put us down for three years. Yeah. It took us six months to get back up and running at Pearl. So it just took us six months. They would have hit our oil, our oil reserves and our dry docks. It would have been done. It would have been dunsies for the yeah. Pacific Fleet. We would have had to go back to the mainland. All right, and that would have limited our power to literally nothing. Yeah. No Allen Hoffman can No, no. That would have never – we would have been doing – a from California on, trying to stop at a Japanese advance. Yeah. And if you don't understand that people learn from history, that's not going to happen. We're not going to get lucky. We can only get lucky so many times. Yeah. And I think the next, if something like that were to ever happen again, um, which I think the possibility is there, I don't know, like, as far as, like, the scale or, like, how how possible it is, Next time it's gonna be it's not gonna be, you know, bombing bombing a port or something, bombing a base is gonna be like knocking out power grids. It's not even just power grids. They'll, like your your phone is made of chinesium. Okay, if you don't understand chinesium is a thing because you have Apple that has shifted all of their production to China for their microchips. You have like so all your iPhones, if if they wanted to, I'm sure they could do it. Is is uh, it's conspiracy? I know we're getting into conspiracy now, but at the same time, like you have to understand, like if you're looking at China, does not operate like a normal government. Right? They don't. Everything is federalized over there. Everything. Well, they're communists. They're yeah, they're communists. So if you don't understand what actual communism is, go read about it, and not from your your liberal ideologies professor, please. Go actually read about it from a third party source that actually has a idea of what communism really is. But, I digress. Jeez, I'm going to go down rabbit holes all day on this. But, what I'm trying to say is, is if it if they wanted to do something, it would not be, how we have positioned ourselves on the global scale, it would not be hard for them to do. How we have literally outsourced all of our resources. So we, we're selling resources, but we're not making anything in country. So it's not going to be like World War II where we can just start sending people to factories to start pumping out stuff. Yeah. Everything is everything is outsourced. Yeah. So we would have to generate that that love. And if you look back at how any war was won in the past, whoever has the best infrastructure won. Factories. And that, I mean, honestly, that's natural re- natural resources, stuff like that, raw materials. If you if you had that and you had the ability to manufacture it yourself. You initially won the war because you kept costs down and you could produce more. And that's why, like, that was one of the biggest reasons Germany ended up losing the war too, is because their whole push into you know, or their push into uh, Russia was, was based on the idea of Lebensraum, which is living space. But then, 
Ukraine at the time, and it still is, is the breadbasket of Europe. Produces the most wheat out of the entire Europe. Then you had the Caucasus in Russia, which was the big oil manufacturer at the time. So that's why when this whole thing started, everyone was freaking out because most of Europe is their oil and their gas and all that stuff from Russia and Ukraine. So they're like, well, this war is going to really, you know, just throw this whole thing off. And so it, ended up, you know, it, it just kind of, it, it kind of put the, the put Europe in the, almost like a downward spin there for a little while until which is why they started using us though that's why we started cannibalizing ourselves yeah it was because they were all their all of their main producing where they got all of their goods from germany had already invaded by the time they went to war so when they went to war they invaded poland which poland isn't it's it's not it has natural resources but it's nothing for it's nothing for like what what they took prior to like belarus romania these small places that actually matter on the world scale when it comes to natural resources. Now when the Red Army took all that back, that's when the Iron Curtain fell and all that good jazz, but essentially what we're, what I'm trying to say is now that we have outsourced and cannibalized ourselves, we could not do what we did in World War II. Yeah. There's no there's, and not to mention us as a people, us as a people have gotten so spoiled and so so used to a style of living that if we had to reduce our style of living in order to win a war, we can do it. Yeah. There's no way we could. There'd be mass protesting. Mass. And not like you just look at the rationing that they did in World War Two, like the can ration, the food rationing, like all the rationing on like what they consider to be um, luxury items, which now people think of like just like a normal thing. Like if we had the same like something. Eggs, milk, you know, I remember the, one of the great things in my history class that we did was when I was a junior in high school, we made a war cake. And what a war cake is, is you had to make, you had to make a World War II era cake under the ration, under what they were rationed with. So you could get flour, you could, you could use flour, but you couldn't use eggs and you couldn't use milk. So a lot of your dairy, and you couldn't use butter, all your dairy was rationed. So you only had a finite amount that you could go to the store and purchase. So you, so, like, a cake was known as a, as a dessert. So, it's not for everyday living, so only people would use other stuff, and then the cake would just be... Um, funny thing is, dude made a weed cake. That was freaking hilarious. Got a love last It stunk, dude. <laughs> it stunk sure. terrible. But, anywho, what, what I'm trying to say is, is us as a people today just are not going to be able to... are not going to be able to withstand the same amount of the same amount of hardship yeah. as, because people are just not used to it yeah like, but we didn't have to do it during the entire of the GY. Like that wasn't a no, thing that was never a thing draft has never been a thing well that's not a thing no not in current generation yeah no not, not like not the people who were, who were initiated in the draft in their 70s and 80s now and even when that was instituted in the 60s and 70s the backlash that was taken during that. Yeah, and people forget there was a draft during freaking World War II and Korea. Yeah, and nobody gave a shit. They're like, all right, cool, that's fine. Like, let's go. Well, and you got to think changing cultures, like during the free love era of the 60s and 70s, like it, it literally, you saw the shift from protect the country and its way of life to fuck the country. I want to do what I want. To do. Essentially, yes, yeah. because people thought that due to how the Constitution was written, they could 
change the way it kind of was interpreted. So, and that's a whole different tangent we can get on. But what essentially what I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter what we would try to do today, there would always be some type of backlash. Like, and if you even look at our most recent war, war in Afghanistan, the reason we pulled out the way we did, the reason it was so crappy the way it was, was one, because of our political mindset. And public backlash. And public backlash. Yeah, I find a, a small little tip I'll add. The same people who are telling us to pull out, pull out about Afghanistan, the same people are saying, yeah, we, need, we, need, Ukraine. Yeah, we, we need to we need to support Ukraine every which way we can. And so it's, it's very, uh, what, what's the word there? Uh, uh, oh, I know what the word you're saying. Dang. Yeah, well, yeah, I can't think of it. But... Hypocritical? Yeah, hypocritical. It's very yeah. hypocritical. Very hypocritical. You're going you're gonna to say we need to get out of one war, and then you're like, oh, let's support another one. They can literally turn into a World War, War III. So, but with that being said, what do you think there, Jack? So I think that uh, a really big issue that with specifically everything that you guys have been talking about, but like... Um, a lot of the people that uh, a lot of the things uh, that you've been saying has been dealing with. Um, I, I feel like they're trying to push this towards our uh, younger generation, and that they're trying to push a sort uh, a certain mindset towards our younger generation because most of your more vocal people about what's going on in Ukraine, though they are not as knowledgeable as they think they are about what's going on in Ukraine, is our younger generation because they are more knowledgeable on the ability to be vocal about that sort of subject. Um, and Such as using like social media and stuff. Yes, and I think that there's just an issue with that in that a lot of politics nowadays are really trying to cater and are trying to, um, I guess in a sense, adjust the mindset of, uh, of our upcoming voters and our upcoming uh, people who are going to be involved in those politics by trying to set them towards a certain agenda and I think that's what you're seeing everywhere uh, of why you see people wanting to back out of Afghanistan because why are we in Afghanistan? Little do you guys know, Afghanistan is going to shit right now. Currently, they're over there um, massacring women because of that. And um, it's because there's no one there to stop. Help. Yes, and it's it. no one's talking about that. Well, they're not going to because the thing is, is it's no longer... you got to think on how media works. Mm-hmm. So... When it comes to major mainstream news medias, they want new. They don't want to keep hashing the same dead horse because eventually you do you do eventually lose viewers over it if you just come on and talk like the same thing every day. Yeah. But at the same time, you still have to go back. You have to have retrospective uh, news coverage yes. that has to look back on what has happened, mm-hmm. which is used to get in documentaries. All right, but if you look at the documentaries that are getting put out today, it's about like, hey man, we should like definitely put our kids on like these fucking hormone replacement therapy things. Exactly, like, it's it's all a totally different gender. A to- well, it's all a totally different culture than what it used to be when you'd have retrospective journalism. Yeah. So since there is no longer retrospective journalism, that will never be known yeah. of what's going on there. Like all that's going to be known is how bad our pullout was. Black game was extremely weak. Yeah, <laughs> <it> was. <laughs> oh, man, we really smooth that look all in there. <laughs> but at the same time, nobody's looking at the after effects of what happened after we because left. because they know that they they knew that we were in the wrong. Mm-hmm. But because of who's in power now and who did it, they're not going. You'll never hear about it. 
Unfortunately, the only time you hear like anybody talk, I guess like any type of like negative way about it is always it's always in a very satirical and never in a serious tone. It's never in a serious form. It's always either in comedy, which is fine. I'm good with comedy because comedy does shed light on those issues of stuff that no one wants to talk about. Yeah. But at the same time, someone eventually someone's just going to have to come out and be like, "Yeah, we screwed up. We did this a terrible way. This was." Dumb way to do it because not only did we undo 20 years of progress, progress and servicemen's lives that were given towards that progress, but we ha- we we are no longer even going to care about how how the people are being how the people are being treated. Of course, and the the issue with that too is again back to what I was saying with that young voters and young people who are going to be making help make these decisions later on. Um, They're not educated on these sort of things. They don't see that 20 years of progress being brought back. They don't understand that, and they're not aware of that because it's not, that's not what they see on TikTok. That's not what they see on the media. And it's a really unfortunate thing because they just hop on the, the most viewed and the biggest trending bandwagon, which was to pull our troops back. And they see that that was... They see that that well, happened. In, in layman's terms, it sounds like a great idea. It does. And they don't look any more into that idea. They just see, hey, we're doing that. And you know what? That's a good thing. Hey, you know what? I'm going to believe that. And I'm not speaking for everyone, but for the majority of uh, our current generation that is coming up, that is what's going, that's what's happening. And that's sort of the uh, pathway that they're going, which I feel like, is due to a lot of uh, influences, again, back to our social media, that uh, that's the only thing that they, that's the only news outlet that they, they, that they take from. in. Yes. Yeah. Is, they don't ever, they'll draw from whoever's popular at the time and whoever's culturally appealing. Yeah. That's, that's, and that's the problem. That's, that's why I spoke on, you know, a couple, about a month ago, you know, uh, modern culture and how cancel culture is modern world culture and how cancel culture is is extremely dangerous. Yeah. Because you don't have when you're stuck in an echo chamber and everyone tells you that your your ideas are great, then you don't have there's no debate. There's no there's no compromise, there's no anything that anyone can say that's gonna be any better than what they're saying. Yes. And when you have that then you completely negate any type of good that could come because it's all going to be one side's idea. Exactly. And I think that cancel culture leads to a sort of, uh, uh, a sort of thing of that there are aspects and things that come about that people don't even realize are making fun of a certain group of people. And I don't mean a group of people. Okay. So an example of this would be that um, say someone was, to make a skit, and in here they were to bring up someone who was a Nazi or this, that, and the other. Granted, none of us in here think that that is a good thing, but the person that is betraying this Nazi is over here bringing, coming up in a satirical manner, making fun of this type of person. In modern time, that would be canceled, even though the whole premise of that whole skit would be that they're making fun of this group of person 
and that they are trying to show that this is a joke. This is not. Well, we have a perfect example of that. We can use Dave, uh, Dave Chappelle. Yes. Perfect example. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, Dave, Dave Chappelle and his and his skit on transgenderism. You know, him saying that, "Hey, dude, you have you have a penis. Give a dick." I say, "I don't. I don't have. I don't want to get with you." Yeah. And the thing is, is, he was just like, "I just wish someone would tell me before I get a lap dance from a." From that brings. That, I love that you brought that up because I. Reminds me of a fucking video, and it's been around for a little while, but I saw it again the other day, I think it was like on Instagram or something, and it, it was, the first half of the video was not so terrible, the second half it was, but um, it was this like transgender person who was saying, you know, take a minute, would you date somebody who was transgender? And there was like, you know, like a five second gap, and it was like, if you answered no, then you might be homophobic. No, that doesn't make me homophobic, I'm, or make me homophobic, I'm just not attracted to somebody who has a fucking dick. Like, yeah, and but that's the thing. If you don't agree with, which is, it brings it all back down to, if you don't agree the way the echo chamber says you should agree, then you get canceled. Which is the problem with our modern culture when you don't have any type of, any type of someone to say, hey, I don't really agree with that. Can we like you know not talk about that, or can we just not believe in that on my side? If I don't believe that, is that good? When that is now an issue. If someone doesn't toe that line. And whenever you have that problem, the First Amendment is nullified. Yeah. Because essentially our First Amendment does come from the public space. And when you advocate, when Facebook says, yes, they're a public space, they're four ideas. And when Twitter does the same. And they don't, and they actually don't hold those ideals. By law, technically, they are liable for any type of legal action that can be brought to them. For not upholding their standards. But no one is going to bring that to them because they have an army of lawyers. Yes. And the legal system in America is essentially broken. It's broken. It's a broken legal system. It is is a completely broken legal system that has been mired with nothing but watered down politics that has destroyed it, which that can go back almost 100 years. But anyway, guys, we're going to take a quick break. It's a great time for a break. And we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us. Um, we're just going to continue the conversation. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say. No, I, I think we, we hit on pretty much the fact that the house is in a big polygraph and eventually what comes from not picking leaders. Yeah. But... On to other current events. We're just going to go ahead and caveat right off of that in our soapbox here on to another soapbox of Mr. Top, Top, G. G. Top G himself. Top G himself over in <clears throat> Romania, Mr. Andrew Tate. Yep. And we, we were a little skeptical. That, I mean, we, we don't really want to... Not really. So we just want to talk about what's hot. So guess what? What's hot? The Top G is hot in today's world simply because... Is when he came out. I don't know. Whenever he first got canceled, and they shut down all his all his accounts and everything. When he finally got another platform to speak on, whenever he brought on to another podcast, he pretty much came out and said, "There's there's three there's three bullets they fire at you. Yep. You know, there's the cancel, and if that doesn't do it, then 
the Trump charges. Yeah. And the fact that he 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 claimed it before before it happened. Before his Romanian uh, you know arrest and the whole bullcrap that came behind it, which we'll get into here in a minute. Um, the fact that he claimed it speaks volumes on how not really in the know, but how he can he can see what's coming before yeah. what's coming. I don't know, man. I know, Jack. You're kind of not really big into it, but you know a lot about. You're a top G fan. You are. I, 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 I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I like. I like. I mean, I don't know what he says. There's a lot of what he says. Um, but now we're gonna hand over to you. You seem to be the top G expert on this one, so we're actually gonna top G expert with heavy quotations. Well. So yes, uh, Andrew and Tristan Tate have both been arrested, uh, as I'm sure all of you have known. If you don't know who Andrew and Tristan Tate is, he is literally everywhere. And I think the reason he's big, by the way, is just like... Well, he, he's voicing a counterculture. He is, but like, how many people do you see anymore that just... Speak their mind? Yes, and they, but they say what... Everyone thinks it. He's the one that says it. <laughs> like, oh yeah. And that's the great thing about it, though, is is that he he's kind of what he's doing is kind of like us, not really, but he's he's speaking on points that everyday people go through, and young people love that shit. I don't care what you say. You could say that there is a flying meatball in the sky and stand by that shit. If you say that shit loud and proud, young people love that shit. And it's really sad, but that's just how it is. But anyway, um, Andrew and Tristan Tate have been arrested, and it's under allegations of um, human trafficking, among other things. Uh, I was human trafficking. Yes. Yes. yes, and um, I think that the fact that he called that out is really interesting, and that you know, especially when it came out and said that the charges were completely false. Yes. And, and where they came from. And who made the charges. Yeah, or not really made who, who made the charges, but who made the allegations. Who made the allegations. So the way that the story went <clears throat> is that he was calling out Greta Thunberg. Do you guys know who Greta Yes. 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 <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> so he ends up calling out Greta Thunberg. And um, he made a, it started off that he made a joke about it because wait, he, wait, did he ask her what color he, her Bugatti was? <laughs> he was, it was about the Bugatti, yeah. but it was that he was using fuel, um, which is uh, harmful to the environment, or so they said, or yes, <laughs> uh, to um, and he made a joke about that. Of course, she did not take a liking to that, and they end up going with some banter back and forth, and um. I'm not gonna lie though, that isn't that that is an L to the top G on my side because he was starting beef with a child. Well, she's not a child necessarily. She's a teenager. She's a teenager. But at the same time, she's a power. She has a platform. She does have. A but platform. the thing is, is yeah, granted, he probably shouldn't be you know starting beef with an idiot. Quote unquote. I'm 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 just yeah, like an idiot. An idiot. That doesn't know climate change from a hole in the ground, aka her <clears throat> her rectum, that she spouts all of this crap that she knows nothing about out of. And when he called her out on it, yeah, it probably needed to be because someone had to say something. And top, you don't give no. 
Oh, Todd G does not give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, he, he, just, he just doesn't. So, I mean, he called it out. And, yeah, he probably... He could have done it in a more tactful way. Yeah, he could have done also it. Not it's, not, it's not who he is. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that the whole human trafficking thing in general, um, again, we haven't gotten full of anything about what's going on. All we know is that he's been detained. And honestly, at this point, just the fact that he's called it out, whatever comes out of that, do we? can we even really believe that? Well, you know and, and that's, like, that's, a, that's a thing. Like, that's a thing almost with, like, any type of, like, what is it? Anything that comes from, like, the media and, uh, like, Can you really for, trust for, for, for an example, like, an example, like, so we've all seen, I know that at least the three of us in this room have seen the video of when him and Tristan were arrested. Mm-hmm. Like, the media was fucking there. Like, they were waiting on it. Yeah. They, like, yeah. they were waiting on it. They left the door to the freaking police van open so they could get a snapshot of him him and Tristan inside the van. So, like, you know, at least from the media side, like, from the media standpoint, that shit was fucking, it was staged from the get. Well, have you guys, uh, have you guys seen the video or just the, uh, the allegations that happened against him of an alleged video of him, uh, uh, of him hitting a woman? And, uh, this was later back in the year, um, during 2022. And the same woman who was in the video speaks up about that and uh, says, you know, hey, that's not what's happening here. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's uh, this same woman, though, she comes out later on, uh, right after he gets arrested and speaks up about Andrew. Yes. And says yes. that he that. does not do, that he did not do anything like that, nor would he do anything like that. And I think that, um, especially coming from a younger, uh, a younger mind, it, seeing what one person says versus what that the fact that he predicted the again the fact that he predicted it compared to what may or may not come out of this it it leads to like a thought process of like well did he really do it or did he not i personally do not think that he would because when you have that much money and you have that much influence and that much power what is the point why would you even have to do something yeah, and on top of that, the man can walk into any fucking bar pretty much around the world and get whatever trick he All he has to do is say, hey, I'm a billionaire. Isn't he almost a trillionaire? And I have a Bugatti. Bugatti. <laughs> what color is Bugatti? So, yeah, that's a very... Well, he has been released. He has been released? So, I think three he's... days ago, he's out on conditional release. Really, uh, last thing I saw. That's right, though, because they took it. There was a video of him and Tristan did uh, from one of their phones, and they were talking about like the the, uh, the police took all their laptops, all their computers, all their podcast stuff, TVs, everything except for their phones. And then he, everything. Yeah. And then he comes back out on Twitter, oh, December thirtieth. And states that so no no I know exactly what you guys are talking about. What you guys are talking about is a um that was actually a separate allegation that happened. That was way back when, and they got get swatted. Yes, he got yeah. swatted, and that's whenever they took all of this stuff, all of the videos and stuff you see, and that's also going out to the public. Any video that you see currently about um him like maybe being on a podcast talking about like. Hey, well, this is what happened, and you know, I was swatted, and this is what, anything like that. That actually happened way back when. They are currently still in jail, and um, 
though from uh, the last time that I checked, which I'm currently Googling, is that they were that they're hold, held for uh, an additional 30 days on top of what... Uh, I know they got put on a 30-day no-fly. Yes. They did get put on a 30-day Yes, well, they are still in jail, both of them. Um, I, know still being lawyer, I know their lawyers put out something. Is that even legal in Romania? Like, could... You can be held. You can be held without cause in Romania for up to forty-eight hours. Which goes back to our previous segment, talking about how corrupt European nations are. Well, I mean, America's the same deal. We we give we can hold you without charge for twenty-four hours. Yeah. So I mean, they can still hold it's you. It's not technically charge. arrest. It's a it's a detainment. But at the same time, the allegations he's been accused of every time that every time that he he's been accused of. Almost four times. But here's the thing. So all the way going back to 2015 on rape allegations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. proved that there was absolutely nothing there. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is whenever he got arrested, all those allegations and everything that were coming, that came out way in the past and the other times that he'd been either squatted or out or um, uh, falsely accused. Falsely accused uh, it always proved to come out as not true. Yes. Well, this time, the reason that they... In Romania, to actually do it is kind of... Because if anyone knows anything about Eastern European countries, like we talked about in the last segment, they're extremely corrupt. Which is why I wouldn't give Ukraine a, a flipping buffalo nickel for nothing. No. Um, but at the same time, the fact that... They came out and arrested him and are holding... They haven't officially charged him with anything, that makes sense. Yes, um, yeah, that is what's currently going on. But also, they're also not going to release any evidence that they do find, which I can also stand by the fact that people with a lot of money, a lot of power, and a lot of influence also... They they have the money, power, and influence to make things quiet and hush-hush, which is really polarizing to me because it's like you don't know. Um, you don't, from a younger generation standpoint, I won't stand for the top G because I like the top G and I like the things that he says and the uh, the voice that he that he puts out there, especially for um, uh, a lot of men today. And um, you, I mean, there's there's some, you don't know if it's true. Well, like, going back to, like, talking about the men and, like, his... Just the scale of his influence. He has created this whole, I wouldn't even say it's like a counterculture, but it, it really is of this quote unquote sigma male. Like that whole thing. Really, probably, I, I'm under the impression that it started from him, which, you know. Him and a lot of other people. There's a lot of influencers yeah, now that do that. Yeah, and of like basically not standing up for basically women being forced mm-hmm. and doing, you know, basically like. They're I wouldn't say being promiscuous. Well, no, not necessarily being promiscuous, but being promiscuous while they're in a relationship. Um, you know, taking care of your body, taking care of your, you know, your mind, your emotions, all that stuff. Like nothing he says, like I think, and I might have a skewed view, is misogynistic. No, it's like you also you can go up to a college, a girl in college, right, who pretty much has everything handed down to her. You know, we can go down that whole rabbit hole. You can ask her, like, well, what, what's your opinion of Andrew Tate? And they'll be like, oh, he's misogynist. But then they can also take like a snippet of something he said, right? Which is not the full snippet, by the way. 
Yes, true. But they can take a quote, like a quote from him, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't have, they can say, like, you know, what do you think about this quote? And like, oh my God, you know, that quote makes so much sense. You know, like, I agree with it. And they're like, oh, do you know who said it? And they'll think of like some random fucking person. And they're like, nope, that was actually Andrew Tate. And their fucking minds are blown, man. Yes, like, yes, I, I, I can agree with that. And the whole. But there are, there is also, going back to your point, there's a lot of stuff that he said that was taken completely and wildly out of context. Yes, and that's that's a hundred percent true. Like, I think that um, the whole like sigma male like thing that's been going on, and honestly, there's a lot of uh, factors into that that I've been applying to my own life, especially about you know maintaining your own physical health. And I think that that's something that's very important that needs to be spread throughout men because uh, me personally, it's that ever since I started working out, like I work out five days a week and two day rest. And I've been consistent to that schedule ever since I've started like probably like six or seven months ago. Yeah. And I've felt more complete and whole and more peace in my own life ever since I've started that whole mindset. And it also gives me sort of an undefeated mentality that I'm just, I'm not letting the world hold me down to a certain standard that I'm going to create my own standard. And when you become when you stay consistent to yourself, then that's how it leads to consistency in other aspects of your life and that you can lead a more successful life. And I think that's a really big message that he tries to push that a lot of people are trying to put down because it's um, it's forcing this sort of like control aspect. Because at the end of the day, I, I feel like people are just trying to control the population. And that's not what should be done. I think that people should have their own free thinking opinion. Unfortunately, there's so many factors now that is just making people blind to what the actual truth of the matter is. Yeah. What do you think about that, Dalton? Here's my idea on well, my opinion. Um, I'm not going to say, I hate to say it like this, but. The man, while he he does, for your for your instance, how you were saying, he is you know iconic in the fact that he's pretty much giving you something to work towards, aspire to, et cetera, et cetera. You know, work out, be lean, be mean. Mm-hmm. That 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 is his that is his prerogative. That's what he pushes. But at the same time, what we have to understand is when a man gets so when he got kicked off of social media, he lost his platform. He, as a social media person, as, as us, yeah, that happened to us, and we don't even make any money, right? Well, we make some, but it's not the whole point. I'm trying to say it's not a lifestyle. It's not. It's not. It's not a lifestyle. Yeah, that's his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. All right, that's that's what he makes his bread and butter on. That he he forces that counterculture. He pushes that counter. He uses his platform to push what he thinks. Yes. And when you take that away from a man, his way of living and his way of life, and you you do shoot that bullet at him, and it did bounce off of him. I mean, it didn't really affect him that much. Yeah. Because he just I mean, he created no accounts, got on someone else's uh, talk shows or whatever. Because I mean, the man brings an audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he really does. And I mean, I'm still like the, speaking to that, like when he said the lab, like with that bullet, just like that one, the one video he did. He's like, imagine shooting your last bullet at a guy, and he just stands there, unfazed. 
Like, it, I mean, it makes sense. Like, you, like, it did not really phase him. He just came back. He's like, well, I'm back, bitches. What's up? And I think that the thing is, though, is that, like, I don't think that everything that's said... Uh, a big misconception about Andrew Tate is that he puts on... Whenever he shows up and he says these things, he does it... He, he puts on a persona. He really does. And, um... I think that, like, the biggest issue is that everything that he says, it shouldn't be taken so literally. Yes, it should be taken as in, okay, this little tidbit of what he says, I think is valid. What you, what you have to understand when you're when you're initiating counterculture like this, mm-hmm. all right, and you're going against, think of, if we went back to the 1910s and 20s and 30s, all right, and Someone came out as gay or transgender. Straight to jail. Straight, straight to jail. Essentially, that's because our main culture was, you know, not just basically just a bunch of Andrew trying No, no. Well, I mean, as far as like you know, I'm not going to say men have their place, women have their place. Like this is how a man should be. Things were structured. Yeah. Hey, right. Yes. And you didn't go against the side of the well, now that the societal norm is no norm, flipped, is completely flipped, and there is no standard for how anyone should be, and there is no way that anyone can be anything. All right, and you have a man come out and say, "Hey, men need to be men. Men need to work out. Men need to do do things because as our mental health goes, is if we don't have that release of endorphins and testosterone through." Working out yes. through doing things, being successful. All right, us is if you're if you're a semi-successful man, your your aspects and goals essentially revolve around the same things: making money, doing things to provide, or protect, or bettering yourself, and working out is bettering yourself. Making a business is being successful. Mm-hmm. If 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 you do these three things, what he's saying is, is your brain and the endorphins released and the way things are, you you counter your depression. Yeah. And I think that that's just a sort of aspect with men that uh, that isn't really taught. Is that the way that I've just noticed with? And I'm not going to say that this is just fact because I don't have the data here, but that most men have. For, or the majority of men that I've seen, um, they always the the way that you counter that mental health issue is that is to stay productive and to have some sort of successful productivity in your life. Have a goal. Yes, it is to have a goal. It is to have something that you're always striving for, that you're always working to better yourself. Because I think that that's how a man should be: is to always constantly want to better themselves and. I think that that's that whole aspect is that it, it's sort of being pushed away by other forms and other forms of media that that's not how a man should be, and I I disagree because I feel that men and women just generally have a different way of solving their mental health issues, and that that's just it's well, just, it's scientifically proven that men and women both have different ways we. Cope, we cope exactly, and some can be some can be similar or the same, but at the same time, most are not. 
And with how culture is today, with there not being any type of standard or any type of way to live, kids your age, I'm going to say kids, adults your age. Um, so let's just call it as those kids. Okay, kids. 18 to 21, yeah. if you come out of high school and you're already a pothead, you already have no direction in your life, you have no means of providing for at least yourself, you're going to initially be depressed because yeah. you see other people. And social media does a great, great way of doing it is because people that actually want to succeed go out here and do things, they'll hit the ground running right out the door of either high school or college, whichever one they can at least get to. So whether it's joining the military, whether it's creating a business, whether it's doing something that's that's not just smoking weed, smoking weed every day. And it's know. about it's about finding a passion earlier on in your life. Yeah. Well, and I get it. Whenever you're younger, me, I didn't really have the only goal I ever had was joining the military. Uh, same. Yeah. That was that was my end goal. That was, when I got out of high school, that like you can even read back and like where you know how they write in like an excerpt in your yearbook, your senior class, where they're going to be in twenty years. Mine was. Did 20 years in the military, hardened, seasoned, and pretty much pain in pain everyone's balls. God. Because. So motivating. Yeah, so motivating. <laughs> right yes. Hardened, seasoned. Hardened, seasoned. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Here I am. I don't know. Eight, Just fucking nine years later. God. Everything <laughs> hurts. Yeah, everything hurts. I've been in fucking 10 years. But at the same time, like. When people don't have that direction, they're that like our grandparents, our great grandparents, when they were our age, they were either probably fighting in a war. Well, they guarantee both my grandfather and my grandfather in a war, and they they probably had wives and kids or kid on the way. But I think that the um, so that was their purpose. But the the purpose, the purpose, I feel like has. Change. Well, absolutely. And the, the issue is, is that with that, the, the the public education system has not changed. I can speak on that from just coming through it. Like it, it still teaches like this sort of like I guess in a sense of like it doesn't teach you about actually finding your passion and pursuing. That well, it's passion. all check, checks in the box. Yes. So the thing. Which we've had this discussion about public education before, at least privately. Um, the problem with modern public education, public education, and it's because it's ran by the government. Anything that's ran by the government. I had this discussion earlier today. I'm on the fucking DMV website for the state of North Carolina to read the tags on my jeans, and it was the most simple fucking website that I've ever seen. And I was like, holy shit, this is the first website that the government's ever made that actually makes sense. Straightforward. It's too easy to navigate. You just log in and everything pops up. Hitting any military website, that thing. But you go, yeah, you go to a military website. You go to anything with .gov, and it's it is the most convoluted, backwards. It's just it's a it's a mindfuck the entire time because it's designed. I feel like in in a sense, it's almost like it's designed for people just to like give up and just say, ah, oh, screw it. It's like you got to like. Well, the public education system, what it does is check it in the box and kick you out and say, enjoy society. Yeah. Yeah. So it gives you no, so, and the thing is, is at least it has changed actually a lot since it was initiated. Because 
Yeah, but for the negative, because when it was initiated, you still had like shop classes, you still had ways you could find passions. Right. Now that those are extracurricular, those I are no longer. You, you go up to like a high school junior, or like sophomore to senior. You go up to a high school sophomore or senior. Like, hey, what do you want to do when you go when you like when you graduate high school? Or it's either three things, and I'm going to tell you the three things. And it's stupidly stupid how they think. Which that's kind of an oxymoron, but whatever. YouTube influencer <laughs> is number one. Yep, that's number one on fucking everybody's, everybody's list. Is YouTube influencer? I'm gonna make it big on YouTube, which they have no. I can reason. tell you, it is not that fucking easy. <laughs> no, it's not. The, but and the thing is, they have no world experience to go off of for their. So the point at least is, we have like TT, very little. Like, we have life experience, but like for like what our platform is, we we have. Yeah, some experience. We have. I think that's a dedication thing. And the thing is, whenever they come out, if they, if they truly were dedicated at it, they either vlog or they do something and then eventually gain life experience and do it. But whenever you're coming out, you're so uppity and jumpy about really where you want to be in life. Because like I, know I was. They don't know where. I can speak on that. They don't know where they want to be in their life. They, they say that, okay, okay, I want to be this. I want to do that. I want to do that. But well, just how you're saying, they don't have enough life experience. Or sorry, we don't have enough life experience to just make that decision. And um, I mean, I made the decision for my career path when I was like, third grade. Yeah, I knew right then. I probably knew earlier, but I'm, I can only remember back to third grade right now. Man, fucking old TBIs. But um, third grade, I can remember from the time from third grade till I was halfway through my senior year of high school. I knew I was going to be in the military. What did I do? Halfway through my senior year of high school, I enlisted. Yep. And like, I stuck with that plan. I've stayed with that plan. I've re-enlisted twice now. Yeah. And the thing is, is three times. Three times. If you have a dream, pursue it. But at the same time, if you're coming out with no dream, and you don't have to have a life experience, but you have to, even when you're a kid, everyone wants you to be a, a nurse, a police officer, or firefighter, for fire fire fucking reason. Uh, they want to be but something was, with status. Yeah, yeah. People chase status like it's like the top G is. They want to be, you know, they want to be on the counterculture side. They want to be top G, or they want to be like top G, which is fine. That's a good goal to aspire to. But you're not gonna be coming out of it out of high school. No, you're not. You have to work for it. And I think Dude, was 21, 22. Him and Tristan were 21, 22 years old. Poor as shit. They were. I mean, fuck it. If you actually look at the, if you look at their story of how like they they like they basically started from nothing, they did. and became you know what they were today. And you know if you took it out of context, if you didn't attach the names, if you didn't attach the last name Tate to it and Andrew and Tristan, then like if you look at their story, it's actually quite. If I attached Greta Thunberg to to their freaking life story, everyone would be like, "Oh my gosh, that is how I want to be the rest of my life. That's yeah. what I want to do." But I mean, in a sense, you are the definition of rags to riches. Yeah, yeah, really they are. But, I mean, and the thing is, is everyone wants to be that top one percent. But until you aspire to at least be the top fifty, you're never going to be the top one. Yeah, it's a no. progression. So you, you, people have to understand there's a progression thing. And your generation, and even my generation, when I came into high school, we. I didn't understand that progression. I thought, well, as soon as I get out of the military or as soon as I get done with my first deployment, I'll have everything. Yeah. 
I mean, I'll tell you what, though, going back to the whole mental health thing, after I came back from my first deployment, I was so fucking depressed. And it wasn't because of the deployment necessarily. It was because it wasn't. But it was like, it was. But like from a from a from a male perspective, it was because at the time, looking back on it now, I would, it, yeah, it makes me feel like a bitch. But at the time, I felt like I lost being like my entire purpose because I had one purpose for the past year. Right, which it was, was to complete mission. Was to do what I had to do and you know get through it. And then that purpose was one day. The goal was to go home. It was the purpose was done, and I was like, "Well, what the fuck do I do now?" The purpose was done, and the goal was achieved. And now, like it was like it was like I played the Super Bowl. Now, like, am I in the off season now? Like, how long is the off season going to be? And I think that's an issue that plagues a lot of uh, a lot of uh, things in the military, especially is just like you know, um, people have this whole like or this whole mentality of you know I want to be in the military and this is including myself but what are you the, the military doesn't last forever unfortunately no, no. and you have to have a plan and an idea of what you're going to do after that because eventually your whole purpose of why you're doing your whole life is gone. You're retired, you're done, you left. Now what are you going to do? Do you have anything that's structured that's going to keep your life going? And I, I feel like that's the reason that you see a lot of veterans and things like that that end up and end up depressed is because they're away from that lifestyle and then they just feel like they're lost and they don't have anything else to really live for. Yeah. And it, it's really unfortunate. But I I'll tell you this: like if I was to get hurt and I got like medically like, kicked out of the military or anything like that, like tomorrow, say for instance, I, I honestly I, I don't know what the fuck I do. Like, I really don't. No, likewise. Like, the, the I've, been doing this, I've been doing this. I'm 25 years old. I've been doing this shit since I was 17. So let me put it like this. So I, I decided I wanted to join the military whenever I was in seventh grade. I was a split up. I joined whenever I was a junior in high school. By the time I came back my senior year, that's whenever we were all like applying to colleges. They gave us time in class. Like, okay, my English class, they gave us time. They were like, Pretty much this whole semester, what you're going to be doing and this is what your thing is, is that you're going to be applying to colleges, you're going to be filling out essays and things like that. And what we're going to grade you on is how you're doing that. And, you know, I understand why they did that. But me at that time, my mentality was like, you know, I'm in the military. You know what? I'm good. And I didn't do anything. I ended up with an A in that class because I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. But looking back and looking now, yeah. that there's an issue because... You know, I had the grades and I had the mental capability that I could have probably gotten a full ride to a college and not had to worry about that. Uh, my my economic status right now is like, you know, I can't afford college. If I wanted to go somewhere like that, the only option I have is the military. If I don't have the military, I'm no different than these people who are working on an assembly line factory, which, by the way, works the exact same as the public education system in the way that they routine things. Uh, I can speak on that because I've done it, and it's it's not fun. Yeah. So it really leaves you kind of empty, and I think that you have to have that sort of well, mindset. And men especially, women not so much, but men especially, our whole, I wouldn't say personality, but who we are, how we operate, and like where we get our self-worth comes from our, like what we do, like our career. Like It comes from that. Like I'll tell you this, like, outside the military, like, I, I like I don't feel like if I worked another job other than the military. Like, I feel less of a person, or, like less of a man doing something other than the military. Yes, if that makes sense. 
I think well, if, I, if I get kicked out of the military tomorrow, I'm going to tell you I'd be a prop cop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's just that's just how it would be. And granted, yes. the same shit, get paid three times, three times as much. And but I see where you come. I see where you are coming from. And purpose comes from. It's different from everybody. It, it like is, they, it that's is just my own yeah. mm-hmm. purpose in anyone's life can come from any job that they do, and you can be, you know, uh, however you want to be. I really don't, I really don't care. But if you have no purpose and no drive and no, like we brought up with my brother on the last podcast, and him not having drive, yeah, all right, this is what you get is a crappy life with no. No end in sight. You're on a treadmill and you're just running. Mm-hmm. And you're going absolutely nowhere. And that aspect of your life, when you get stuck in that rut, as a man, you are going to be depressed. Yes. Yeah. And because when you have no progression and you, you have no progress towards a goal that you have put forward, then you have zero, zero passion for what you do. No. And when you have no passion, you have no purpose, and the first no purpose breeds. I mean, your your life is no worth. To at at the end goal, whenever you die one day, and when they bring up your eulogy, what is going to be said about you? And that's always rang in my mind whenever I was even a kid, because I went to a lot of funerals when I was a kid. I don't know why. Yeah, my parents drug me around to a lot of funerals, and I always and the eulogies would always get me because I always sit there and listen. Now, this guy's a great guy because X, Y, and Z, or he did this, or he did that. And yet, I mean, me as a Christian, I believe in life outside of life outside of you know this world. But if even if even if you are a Christian, you still need to leave behind legacy. Legacy is the number one thing that if you don't have a purpose for when you're 18, think of what are you leaving for your kids. Yeah, I think. Or even if you don't, if you don't have kids, if you don't. Aspire to have kids. What are you leaving for the world in general? Are you leaving behind something better, something that is worthwhile, something that gives meaning to your life? When you don't have that, you have no you have no enigma for living. It's, it's just you, not enigma. I'm sorry. You have no purpose for living. And whenever you don't have that purpose, what are you going to do? And that's what. Kids in my generation, and I'm assuming kids in your generation, um, are lacking is that purpose and that idea. Of- I I think that um, the whole the whole thing is that um, that a lot of uh, kids my generation don't really. I, honestly, I think it's divided almost fifty fifty because you have people who are still stuck in this like stuck I'm not trying to go or I'm not I have no ambition mindset and then people who are actually trying to do things with their life but I stand by this whole uh aspect of and mentality of that each generation should try to outdo the last and I mean this in the sense of like for example um my my parents and my like specifically my father he grew up in poverty like really bad poverty, uh, gangs, things of that manner. And, you know, he didn't have a father in his life. And he really wanted to install and or instill that sort of 
I'm not going to be that way mindset into me. And he wanted to be better for me whenever I came along. And I turned around and, you know, I grew up in a in a better neighborhood with, you know, a loving family. I had my father around my entire life. And I still have that same mindset of that, you know, I grew up with the, the advantages that I have. But for my children in the future, I want to be able to provide them with better. I want to do better than my parents because that's going to set the foundation for them. And I think that that should be a mentality that's carried on. But unfortunately, it's not. And um, a lot of a lot of people uh, or young adults just they they lack that whole mental state of I need to be better. And it's not just for me, but it's for my my future uh, children and things in that manner. Right. And the problem, I agree with you on you want to make things better. And there's always going to be that aspect that you have to strive for. The problem with today's generation and how they're doing it is the fact that they, they have that idea, they have that aspiration, but they don't have the gumption to just go out and start. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Even with my generation, they just they didn't have that gumption. I know half of my half of my graduating class that I was with, exactly half, are doing good, and the other half are complete pieces of trash. I don't know. Ninety percent of my graduating class never left home. So. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like, what I'm saying. Like fifty percent of mine never. They never left home. They're still, to this day, 25, 26 years old, still living in their parents' basement. I agree, yeah. And, and some of them even have kids and they're still living in their parents' Exactly. Yeah. That's, I, I, like yeah, that, yeah. That, that blows my mind entirely because you, you had all of this time. You had eight, nine years, and you have not bettered yourself at all. And, yeah, it, it'd be great if we all made six figures. But you're not going to start with a six-figure job. No, you're not. You have to work for it. Yeah. And if you think that you're going to just automatically come out of college with a six-figure job, you're an idiot. And that's what is being told to all of these kids whenever they go to college. And I that's think- why college is so heavily pushed. Yeah. Yes. But in a sense, we have more. We have such a trade shortage that they're they're chucking out thirty-six dollars an hour for starting welders right now. $36 an hour just to start welding. And if that doesn't boggle your mind, 30, we'll do the math right here. 30, $36 an hour times 40 hours a week. Yep. That's what we're going for. Calculator. And a lot of the jobs are overtime, to be honest. So this isn't even, this is just a, this is like a base, rough base of it. Um, 52 weeks. Your company, your starting pay is $75,000. Yeah. $75,000. Yeah. Granted, a lot of that's taxed, and I get it. But yeah, even then, you're, you're, even then, you're probably going to definitely work Yeah. And so you'll probably, after overtime, come out. 80, no, I'd say about 90000 Because as a welder, you work about 60 hours a week. 20 of that is time and a half. So 36 times 1.5, $54 an hour for 20 of those hours. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot of, we'll just say there's a lot of money. 
Yeah, and unfortunately, for, for a unfortunately, I feel like a lot of um, and I hear this a lot from uh, adults who have lived longer than me, and I understand where they're coming from. But I feel like this is a mentality that comes it comes through the ears of a lot of uh, people in my generation. Is that they always say not to to live your twenties. Yeah. To live your twenties to your fullest and enjoy them, and I understand. I understand, and like, I understand uh, what they're saying, but like people are taking taking that so out of context, though, because the thing is, is your twenties is, is for building your life, and that and you have to work and you have to grind and you have to find your passions and grow. And a lot of your younger twenties are for your eighteen to twenty-two. Those years. Whether you're at college, whether you're in the military, whether you're doing whatever. Your time to just fucking learn and soak up as much about life as you can. Well, not, not just that. It's, it's the time to find your passion. Yes. Like, granted, yeah, you didn't find your passion in high school. I get it. All right. Find your passion in, in at least those four years. Because you can do um, a crap ton more in the next eight years till you're 30 to be 30 and financially stable. Yeah. Like, everyone thinks 30 is the death, is the death year. That, oh, my fun times are done. Your fun times, I mean, you can have fun in your 20s, but that should not be your entire persona. No, it it, it should be working and building yourself that I feel like a lot of these people um, that are in their 20s and they do things like that, that if they don't have this ambition and this drive to build themselves up, that by the time they hit their 50s, their 60s, they hit that retirement age and they're not, they're not able to live their life. So then it's pretty much that you, you see this whole aspect of that people are spending their entire lives and working until they die. Well, the, we also have a problem. The, the thing that everyone thinks that is life, that is fun, is part of it. All right? It's not. It's experience. Well, it, that's the thing. It, it is life experience. It's what, you've, it's what you've invested in your life for the past. If you're 65 now, the past 45 years of your life. What, what have you done? And what people don't understand is, yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. I'm, I mean, I've been to my fair share of parties, and I've, been, I've partied in the military. That's like the, the, oh, yeah. the number one, like, it, that is the thing. That, yeah. is, that is the number one thing. That, but the thing is, it, if it becomes your persona, then that is a problem because you simply – if you're working towards party, if you're working towards the weekend, that's like everybody's working for the weekend. Lover boy, you know, throwback. We don't need Throwback to the '80s on that one. Um, if if that's all you're doing is working for that weekend, working for that party, then you're never going to build any type of network. You're never going to build any type of gratification to your work. Like everyone's stuck. Everyone I know that has no. Had, had no vision and still to the state of the vision is working a dead end job mm-hmm. 40 to 50 hours a week, hating their life. And what they end up doing is going to the party on the weekends because that's their only release of how they, how they can attribute any type of worth to their life. But there's, there's better ways of being able to release that energy and be able to enjoy life. And like I said before, it's, it's, it's about experience. It's about going to places about seeing new things. And I'm not talking about partying and going out and drinking and having these conversations and being crowded with the same people who have the same sort of, I guess, depressed 
stuck mindset. It's more like going out to a new country and being in a new culture and, you know, things of that manner. It's just, you know, being able to experience and do things and pursue things that you find enjoyable other than momentarily or momentary uh, pleasures. Oh, I agree. Well, but the thing is, is this this idea has been sold to these people because they don't want you, they don't want modern culture does not want you to be successful. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Modern does culture, not fit in it, what Top G says the Matrix. Yeah, it <laughs> it doesn't it does. fit. No, it, you being a productive member of society does not fit any type of cultural norm of today. Mm-hmm. What cultural norm of today wants you to do is go down to your mom's basement, smoke some weed, drink some beer. And get on your freaking gaming laptop or gaming gear and play Call of Duty to, to your heart's content till the wee hours of the morning. Wake up, be late for work. Or if you don't even work, wake up and go play that game. That's literally the rotation that they want you to get stuck on. And once you get stuck on it, you have no vision, no future, no, no passion. And you get to my age, then guess what? You, you've lost the time that you've had to find your passion. And now you have to either become an adult or just suck on your parents' teat of, you know, money and, and their jobs mm-hmm. and live off of what they created for you, to have, for you to go do your own thing, but now you're not doing your own thing. And granted, that's a parenting issue to an extent because you shouldn't allow your child to ever become an unproductive member of society. Yeah. Your job as parenting is to create functional members of society. Push them to be men. Absolutely. That, that's, that, that should be your job as a parent. But like you said earlier, your dad wanted the best for you and everything. Well, most kids, a lot of kids to this day, some of them have that. Because during the 60s and 70s of the free love era, divorce was at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. So like my grandfather was married six times. I left my father when he was three, and my my dad grew up without a father. He eventually got a stepfather who was great and actually taught him how to be a man and be productive and be a legitimate member of society. And my father has done great for himself. Worked for Coca-Cola for 25 some odd years and has done great, got out of the military, actually had a vision and a goal. He kind of fell into it, but he still had it. His vision was his family. Mm-hmm. And most kids today, they don't. They either don't want a family, they don't want to create a family, they have no vision of how to even go about doing it properly, like creating a, a healthy family dynamic, which is extremely hard to create. I don't know if you know. I mean, I'm not a father myself, but I watched my father do it, and it was extremely hard for him. Yes. Like it was extremely hard for him to develop that bond, that sense of security, that sense of love and affection, even though he wasn't there. It's fucking hard to get into that, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, I have no, hopefully one day I'd get blessed to be a father. It's not for like a trying, I'll say that much. But, <laughs> but at the same time, you have to, if you don't have that vision or that goal, your life is smooth, it's pointless. Has no, yeah. Because your entire job on this world is to leave legacy, and without that, if you don't have that goal of wanting to leave a legacy, then you're you're 
no bearing. And that's where no purpose comes from. Because when you're 18, you don't think about a legacy. You just think about the next thing that you want to do. Yes. Or the next thing that's going to give you the instant dopamine relief. And that, as a culture, is where we have failed our generations. Yeah. I agree. But. Well, I think that's a great place to. To, to leave it off on. Yeah, I, I, do, mean, too. I, yeah. I do too. It's a great way to end it. Um, we can go ahead and talk about some, seriously talk about some of the stuff that's coming up so we can yeah. go ahead and put it out. Um, we already hit on, you know, 843 Firearms, and that's going down to do a collaboration with them. Yeah. We so, are, be tuned for that stuff, because that's, I mean, that's going to feature some, but I'm not going to say it now, it's going to feature some really, really cool uh, weaponry, weaponry uh, gear, small range stuff. Some CQB stuff, some gear stuff, um, cool dudes, guys who are still in the military or guys who are out now, some guys who work for special operations, um, stuff like that. Um, we'll probably put out several videos. Uh, probably, I'll probably do some stuff as far as like us going down, like like one of those vlog things. Um, but then we'll obviously have videos from us shooting, um, stuff like that. Um, what else are coming? Uh, we got a Go Ruck event this weekend. Yep. Um, we will be putting out pictures. You know, it's probably going to be mostly an Instagram thing. Yep. Um, probably find us a lot on Instagram. All three of us are going to go out and we're going to do a 12 mile ruck. Uh, if you've never done a ruck march, I go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and tell you it's, it's it's something you need to do to figure out how how well your metal willpower is. Yeah, yeah, because all the all that rucking is is willpower. Yeah, that's all it's a metal game really it's, does. It's, it's just learning how to tell your body to shut up and how far you can tell it to shut up. So I'm actually going to break these guys in with their first 12 mile with Go Ruck. Yeah, I mean, I've done plenty 12 mile in my day. Yeah, but not Go with Go Ruck. Ruck. And Go Ruck, Go Ruck is put on by a group of retired and um, I think there's a couple currents that don't put their names on there, but a bunch of former special operators, and these guys are top-notch. They actually have cadre that, that are watching go out, and they even have a selection process. Yeah, they put on their own selection for, like, they just put you through literally 36 or 48, no, it's 36 to 72 hours of literal hell on earth. Oh, well, the same know. thing that, which is what you, like, it's just a goal. You don't get any, you get a patch of beer when you get done at any go record event. As long as you make it in this specific time. So go check out Go Ruck. They have events all over the nation. Um, they, they're they probably one of the top tier, one of the most top tier groups that actually put on, you know, stuff like this. Stuff like this. And they have a wealth of knowledge and they have training plans on the website. Go check them out. They do great. Um, we also are going to be shooting at Flying Fowl this weekend. That's and yeah, we're going to uh, do some shooting stuff down there. i uh, got some new steel targets, so I'll be bringing some steel. Hopefully bring out some cool stuff there. Um, I'll have to coordinate with, um, with that. But hopefully some cool, maybe some AKs. We need to dip in the armory. Yeah. Hopefully bring out some pretty some, slick weaponry yeah. to show you guys and to review with you guys. Um, also... I know we said we were dropping merch. We've had to kind of put a big to that pretty yeah. quick. Um, we're, we just can't find what we like, so we're just going to hold off on it until 
we know, we know that you're actually going to want it for one because we're still kind of small. We're not huge or anything. Um, but we're going to hold off a little bit on the merch to try to get try to get more of a following base and make sure that what we put out is actually going to be good and that someone's going to want. Because what we went through, we just didn't agree with a lot of you know places where it was made, stuff like that. Yeah. We didn't want it to affect how we were viewed. Yeah. So. We're just going to put a quick tactical pause on that one, and we'll return to that at a later date. But other than that, um, yeah, just keep, keep watching us on YouTube. Check us out there. Instagram, we now have, we're now yeah. on Instagram. We're running reels and posts on Instagram. We're actually getting pretty, yeah. pretty good viewers there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then, obviously, Twitter, Spotify for the podcast, um, and Apple. Um, so... If you like what you hear, you know, like, um, share, subscribe. And then this podcast today was simply we we're introducing Jack here to the podcast. You're going to see him on upcoming videos as well. Um, Maybe we'll let him shoot his first suppressed weapon. Yeah, we might let him shoot his first suppressed weapon. He's going to be like, oh my gosh, this is quiet. It's a special operation. <laughs> it's a whole new experience. A whole new experience. Um, so you'll see him in a couple of our videos. He's going to be mainly behind the scenes working tech for us. Um, but he will forever be our little Jamie. Expect better quality from our vids and our content coming out in the future. Expect that because I have a lot of plans and a lot of work that I want to do with what we've got going on. So the days of our poorly edited videos are hopefully behind Shot us. on iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Shot on iPhone or Seven-year-old GoPros. Yeah, I mean, we'll still use GoPros. GoPro. That's good for GoPros. Yeah, POV footage and you know, tactical shoots. That's going to be some serious, serious footage we can shoot on that. But at least the cell phone close-ups of my face on YouTube that was <laughs> not my face was not visually appealing at all. When I watched it, I was like, ah, if I was on YouTube, I would be watching. It. <laughs> But the thing is, we're we're, getting, we're working on it, guys. Bear with us. Um, we will hopefully be putting out better stuff. Yeah. So, actually, not hopefully. Now that we got Jack here, he's pretty top notch when it comes to you know using computers and technology. We're we're old. I'm just going to sit just to drag our knuckles everywhere. I know. So, control C to copy something. And control V to paste. <laughs> That's yeah. about it. I am Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, do you got anything, Jack? No, I'm good. Uh, I'll set my piece. All right, gentlemen. Live free, die free. Thank you for listening to the Outlaw Podcast today. Remember, like, subscribe, and share. If you enjoyed what you heard, leave a comment. It helps us. Also, we're open to taking any um, any topics. Just give us some time to do some research. And once again, we will release episodes once a week uh, if you enjoy.